Hello and welcome to the dive. We've got Woo! the divies episode this week. Woohoo! Cheers, Mark. We also have the. Uh, cheers, Kobe. Clink, Kobe. No cheers. Got it there. Uh, we also have to talk about all the playoff series that happened. There's a an upset or two, and then most importantly, there's some huge news this week. We have to talk about Baldur's Gate three came out. <laughs> And it's taken over my life. <laughs> yeah. My life is absolutely falling apart. My wife is going to leave. I have slept like five hours every <laughs> night now. I, I don't sleep anymore. I just can't stop playing. Uh, but yeah, un unironically. There's something insanely satisfying about the dice roll. I don't Dude, know if that animation me. with like the ding, ding, they, whatever that is, I feel that too. Yeah, it, it's... It's literally the same as if there was just a behind-the-scenes calculation. It just told me if I fail or not. But the dice is insanely satisfying. It feels like tabletop dice. Like, yeah. I always liked that feeling, and then they, they somehow got that. When it's like you need a 5 to succeed, and you get like a 23 or whatever You're with like, your yeah! bonus. Critical success! <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I really like that game. I also like Larry and the story and all that stuff around the game. So <laughs> Who cares about that? It's me! I get, I get I mean, secondhand pride so like, like I'm not proud of my own stuff, but like yeah. when someone else that I like is getting all the attention I think they deserve, I'm like, yeah, I, I was, I was being, I was yeah, just yeah, kidding. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm actually really happy for the selfish perspective of so many people are playing this game that hopefully more people will make really good, no microtransaction RPGs, yep. right? Because I love RPGs. I love this shit. I love MMORPGs. I love single player RPGs. I love multiplayer RPGs. I just love that style of game. So for me, it's actually just really exciting from that perspective that it's doing so well because it just proves again that you can make an incredible standalone game without any microtransactions, no battle passes, no DLC, no extra crap, and people will play the shit out of it. Especially in the like light of a lot of developers who used to make games like this saying, oh, you can't make games like this anymore, whether that's kind of CD Projekt Red, Final Fantasy 16 said it, Bioware, like a lot of companies have moved away from this kind of game. They're yep. like, no, you can still do it. Um, anyways, won't tangent too much more on that, otherwise I won't shut up. Let's talk about the important actual news from this week. What, what was that? Like Kobe. <laughs> like Kobe. Kobe's not here. Uh, yeah, so it's just Azale and I two-manning this right now. Um, I guess on to the actual news. Yeah. Uh, Faker's back, which is good to see. They mm -hmm. won a couple of their series now that he has returned, which led to a very funny interaction online that you you pointed out yeah ashley kang tweeted out basically asking you know who's the greatest support ever and it was really really funny uh some of the responses that came through so it's discussion you know who's the greatest support ever you know people are talking about okay mata wolf you know barrel whatever you know various different players and stuff um and one of the responses from zen which is basically like, you know what about me did you, who, did you forget about putting you know grand champions Zen up there and and she responds with the clip where I guess this was at Worlds last year I think yeah a year or two ago I can't remember but a one year of the or two ago yeah. whereas Ven just caught the most random stray uh, in an interview where Carrie got asked about some of the different teams and he basically just says for out of out of the blue. I don't care about C9 because they have Sven, essentially, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't care about playing them because that guy's butt. And, and so MNS just responds with, you know, frauds without Faker. Because <laughs> T1 was doing really bad without Faker, right? So uh, the T1 fraud watch is over. Faker he is back. He comes back. They start winning again. They're it's like, winning geez, I wonder 
who makes all the decisions for that team? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely funny, but obviously the two one players are incredible individually. Uh, but it is crazy and did again reaffirm how important he is to their team. Yeah. So it's uh, fun that he came back, but that was a really funny tweet. And uh, yeah, yeah. And MS with a bit of a banger. Yeah, MS popped off on Twitter. Uh, he's been doing really funny stuff for a little bit now. Other big news from just uh, not specifically LCS stuff Project L released a new character, it was playable at Evo. Neither of us are big fighting game people, so I don't have much to say about it. If you like fighting games and you're watching this and didn't know, here's mm -hmm. your heads up. I watched a lot of Leffen videos and Maximilian Dude videos to get like fighting games people's perspective on it because I don't have any thoughts. And they would half the things they're saying I don't understand. They're like, oh, you got a DHC mix up into like cross down counter with Super 2, and you're like, <laughs> sure, man. Yeah, that yeah. sounds cool. Are you excited? And they sound excited. Great. So, yeah, uh, it seems cool. Our producer is unhappy with us not knowing, by the way. He's, <laughs> he's writing he's ang raging. angry <laughs> words that keep getting bigger in the chat. <laughs> um, I played a lot of Melee, but that doesn't cross over very well yeah. to other games. I mean, one, one thing that I will say is I'm excited because I think one of the things that they are going to try to do, and one of the things I think they successfully did with Valorant and tax shooters is that they made it feel more approachable. So a lot of people that I know that never really played Counter-Strike, I, I played a ton of Counter-Strike growing up, a lot of people were interested in trying Valorant, right? Because it felt more approachable and it was IP that you know maybe appealed to them and things like this. And I think that, especially with a lot of it being built around uh, you know the 2v2 mode and tag team and this type of stuff where you can play with a friend, I feel like that feels less intimidating. So I didn't grow up playing fighting games. I didn't even grow up playing Smash. So for me, it's always felt intimidating trying to get into this because I'm a very competitive person. I don't want to be bad at a game, but also don't really have the interest to spend a massive amount of time to get good at the game yeah. either. So people are like, want to play Smash? And I'm like, okay. And they played for 15 years and I don't know the buttons. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, this isn't fun. Um, so... You know, maybe I'm, I'm, def oh, I'm definitely going to try it out. We'll see if I actually get get hooked on it or not. But I'm excited to to try it out, and I think a lot of people are kind of feeling similarly to me, who aren't hardcore in fighting games. Um, that this will be something that they, their IP appeals to them, and they'll at least give it a shot. I, I know nothing. It sounds like from talking to some people, it's it's like somewhat low entry to uh, barrier to entry because it is. I think it sounds like mostly about your normal buttons and special buttons and like an angle that you press kind of okay. uh, not crazy there, combos or something there, there's a lot of combos so that's the, the thing is there's a lot of like choices in the game and options and ways to do things but like mm -hmm. if you just want to go out there and button mash like you're going to do some cool abilities I think one, one thing that was an interesting take and this is the last thing I'll say was one of my friends who's I would say almost pro level at, at fighting games uh, used to play and compete and stuff. He was saying that he thinks one of the things that could be hard about it is that almost guaranteed in the 2v2 mode, because you can play as a one or a two in tag team, he said it's almost always going to be better to play solo than duo yeah. because you know exactly when you want to pass off and when you want to tag in and do those things. So he was he had some concerns that that would maybe like hurt the mode because if you don't want to play at, as as like you know, with a friend because that's supposed to be a competitive disadvantage or whatever, but I'm also like that probably won't affect me because I'm going to be way too butt at this game. Well, yeah, it it's, it's one of those concerns where it's like the competitive scene is just going to do what's best for the competitive scene, which will yep. be one v one. Maybe they'll do two v two, but I, I doubt it. But, but people do parrot what the top scene does. I will say a lot. Yeah, but so most people be playing one v one or two v two. But people at home. Or don't care about like if you're just playing with someone on the couch who just showed up to hang out for 15 minutes you know yeah. like they're not going to care either so yeah. I, I feel like it's relatively safe but who knows we're neither of us are fighting game people so we should return to our area of expertise until now 
and can, into the future, yeah. <laughs> into the foreseeable <laughs> future for me at least. Uh, so two big series happened this week, or two big teams left after the result of the lower bracket series. There were the upper ones as well, but TSM and Hundred Thieves both out of playoffs now. Uh, I guess start with TSM because it's also maybe the bigger news. Both had like kind of historic weight behind them. TSM obviously is potentially the last time we see them. Uh, TSM is for sure way bigger news because we're expecting. I mean, they announced that this is going to be the last split, right? And they announced is, it. We it's not official in the sense that I know of at least that it's like Riot hasn't announced it. Yeah, I don't think. But I, TSM announced it, so I'm assuming I'm that's the op, like what I'm working under, right? Yeah, and, we're all working under the idea that this is the last time we've seen them in the LCS. Could yeah, be wrong, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if it if it doesn't happen, then whatever. But you know, we're basing it off of TSM's announcement. So for me, that is is by far the bigger news. You know, less less because of the upset. I mean, the upset, I think, uh, was was surprising to me. I, I thought TSM was definitely going to win that series against Dig. Yep. Um, I don't think that they had, you know, their best their best games. So I think, you know, from that side, it was a little bit surprising. But I do think it's really big news just because so many of, of like, my favorite memories, you know, are associated with TSM. You know, when I think about this league and how successful they were for so many years, right? It was 10 or 12 straight finals appearances that they made, um, you know, especially, you know, in, in years past, there was so many memories that I have that were associated with them, like some of my favorite esports memories. And I thought that the video that they did, kind of the TSM send-off video that played after they got eliminated, I thought was really, really cool, you know, showing back all these early days. And it was so interesting seeing, you know, these clips of, of Zven winning on TSM as he's coaching against them to, to eliminate them for the last time, you know, from, uh, from the LCS and obviously turtle winning in the early days and playing again here in the final game, I think was really cool. Haunter as well kind of has that story. So it, it's, uh, it's definitely something where, you know, I'm going to miss a lot of, of the players. I'm going to miss, you know, some of those, those kind of memories and associations that I have with them. Cause there was definitely a, a lot of, really cool moments that TSM has been a part of, right? And, yeah. And they have kind of like an undeniable history in this league. One of the calls in there was Freak talking about as they were like winning the championship, you know, it's like the best team North America's ever seen, six titles in five years, 10 straight, you know, whatever it was, but it's like it listed everything very You're clearly. Like, for, during that time period, it was uncontested how good they were. Yeah. Um, I think we'll save like a proper send-off eulogy dive conversation for when it ever becomes official. Yeah. yeah and we... Yeah, we can do favorite TSM memories and more and like all that kind of stuff. In, yeah, in the, in the future for sure. Once it's you know a done deal or whatever, but definitely that felt impactful to me seeing that. Oh, this, this isn't probably the last time I'll ever watch TSM in the LCS. Yeah, it sucks that it was a uh, two best of fives. That like for this group of guys in particular, they had two best of fives that they went full five games and just couldn't clutch it out in the fifth game. So un- unfortunate for insanity and those kinds of. Especially for him, I feel like stepping in and like mm-hmm. I feel like elevating this team beyond what people were expecting. They do end up in seventh, eighth place technically, tied yeah. for that. So, you know, they definitely overperformed what people were expecting in the regular season. But like a little bit, yeah, yeah. And finishing six was pretty good. Yep. Seventh, eighth now after losing two best of fives, a little bit like ah, oh, damn. Like you didn't quite clutch it out in playoffs. Yeah, I mean that's that's the that's the kind of sour note I think that it feels like it ends on a bit, right? Because at the end of the day, I mean TSM fans were on me all split for <laughs> for predicting them tenth, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, they finished seventh, eighth, so I wasn't getting any tweets after after those series. But um, you know, they did have I think a really impressive regular season, especially for expectation, and especially when you take into consideration the fact that three of their losses were with Ruby, not with this squad. So it's definitely a disappointing note. I think, you know, I expected that they could have accomplished more in playoffs, um, but 
that's sometimes you know what happens in playoffs when teams are preparing specifically for you it can be a little bit tough um, but I also think you know there's a lot of kind of close moments where it could have maybe gone the other way yeah they easily could have ended up winning either of those series if something was slightly different in yeah. uh, game fives the other team that lost 100 thieves not a shocker to me not a shocker disappointing all the same um, technically historic again because 100 Thieves has gone to the last two worlds double lift yep. summer lift hadn't lost a uh, he won every title in summer that he had competed in since 2015 yeah he didn't do 2021 or, or he took two years off 2021 and 2022 he wasn't in the league for but yeah he won everything else so didn't happen this time around summer lift didn't happen yeah, yeah. it didn't happen but i will say double lift was one of the only good things happening for 400 thieves i felt like in their series uh, his Varus game in game number one was, I thought, really good in a loss. His Kaisa game, uh, obviously, he got you know a lot of kills early. He had like three kills at four minutes or something like that. That was the only game they actually won in the series, and I thought he had a really <laughs> good game in that. As Mark's face, as he pours champagne into the cup, he was just drinking coffee. Well, you told of... me to put, do the coffee <laughs> first well, as a meme. The coffee was really funny to be honest. It You're... was it was your meme, and then I did it. But it's it's a golden latte with like well, spice. Kobe's gonna show up. He's coming anyway. Look at the color difference between our two champagnes. <laughs> you might not. This might not read on camera, but like mine is clearly murky. I, w I will say, Mark, there's sediment in it from it's a it's a golden latte, so it's is. spiced, yeah. and so you see these like floating pepper flakes in there. A little pepper. Kobe's champagne. gonna get here right about the same time the dad gets back with his cigarettes. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think you can drink his. Yeah. Well, you never know. Keep keep the glass of milk out for when it comes back. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so so 100 Thieves, back 100 Thieves. Yeah, I uh, it was I don't know what was going on with this team. It's clearly an underperformance for this group of guys, even even if, like, Closure's not playing his best and somebody's not playing his best. And Doublelift's fresh off of a two-year hiatus, you know. I thought Doublelift was good, though. Doublelift was good. This team clearly should not be the eighth-place team in the league for whatever reason. They were dysfunctional. Um, Closure had his worst split ever. Yeah. Uh, Quid was a I I Quid don't know dog, what it would, I don't I don't know what his future is in the league but as soon as that pickup was announced I was skeptical of it that was one of the big reasons I put them pretty low for yeah. me and it ended up worse than I thought I put them I think seventh they were eighth. yeah yeah I had them fifth so I was definitely more positive on it than you were but for me the biggest the biggest surprise was closer closer had a horrible 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 yeah split. I didn't I didn't think it'd be that bad I yeah. think closer was ninth or tenth like best jungler in the league right um he was he was really bad i think it's him or Kenby for worst jungler in the league you know this split unfortunately and i think quid really did not have a lot of good games i think somebody was fine i think uh busio was kind of fine i think double if was pretty good um and at the end of the day it's definitely a really disappointing split for them i think the community is probably really negative on quid i he, he's very young and he hasn't even played pro before so i feel like he deserves more of a chance but there's some stuff that i think just felt weird almost like his obsession with defensive items felt kind of weird and i yeah. know he did he didn't actually build crown every game on his ear he definitely didn't because i went back and looked and he he had some leandry's games and whatnot where he built other things and i know that crown does have some really legit stuff with it crown is not always bad i think crown into another defensive item is always bad pretty much but crown into offensive items can be totally fine and crown does allow you to do some things like crown allows you to side lane you know better in, in some of these 1v1s yeah. you can't just get jumped on by tristana and make your out. shuffle safer at the start of a fight make your shuffle safer when you're playing against hard engaged teams you can survive so i think that some of the, the crown flame i mean 
we were talking about it a lot in that series just because Jat was memeing about it a lot and yeah. he was just kind of having doing his his kind of joking about it. I don't actually think Crown is that bad, but I will say his Tristana game where they are playing they're playing two threat if I recall and he went third item GA. I think they were, technically had a Viego as well, but it was oh not God. a Fed Viego. That so. one was like to me that VA, that that GA third was so reportable. That was crazy. Yeah. You are you are already losing. You're already behind, and it was just I've I don't think I've ever seen that. Just GA third on Tristana. That was so weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. That's just like brain on autopilot. Let's soft soft in. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think it was a soft in. I just think I think he did definitely have all year it's long like a mindset thing almost. Though, but right? it's only around animation because he went for a lot of aggressive plays in team fights. Generally, he wasn't like. This is your his first Azir game was good in that series too. Yeah, like I I don't think it's like a, a black eye on his whole play style because there's there's definitely like players who you see who are just afraid to like get involved DPS wise and you just yeah. watch them like sidestep in the back line of a fight. That's not quid, but his items seem weird for sure. Um I also think for him, it's not a shot on him, but just someone who had never, like you said, played in a major league yet. He had been in the Academy League of Korea really young i think he's 17 18 he's very young either way super young flies to a new country doesn't have a ton of competitive experience even within academy if you ask the people who cast that league and watch it they're like he's not like some stud you know like popping off every single game and yeah, he was he's, like he's, middle of the pack he's not future of the the lck so it, it was always a weird pickup to me for that reason because there's even be even if he was good there's these other hurdles around levels he's played at first time in america young kid, like all these things are just barrier culture change a, a team that's struggling a little bit in spring you know like they weren't it wasn't like he was yeah. stepping into this like insane roster arrived late as well i believe a, a right? lot arrived late there's like such a stacked hand against you that it's like you had to be insane to actually perform there so i don't i don't hold it against quid it's more about the decision to go for him that i think was was questionable mm. because like, you're like well you could have just had insanity you know yeah. like you, you wonder what this team looks like then and how much insanity help boogie what he could have done for close or just something like that you know it's it's that that's where i'm left thinking like i don't know guys you could have just had a much easier option here yeah it's 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 always tough i feel really bad for players when their first split does have these other circumstances around it and i don't think he played a great split and was just screwed by the situation but he didn't play well but there are other things around it and he is such a young player it would be sad if if it's just like nope no one's ever giving you a chance again now right but that can sometimes feel like what happens a little bit yeah um and i know i saw a lot of tweets and whatnot people kind of speculating okay you know what should, what does hundred thieves do how much do they change and definitely i think there's expectation that hundred thieves will change a lot uh you know coming coming out of this split because it went so bad you know they didn't even make it to playoffs in, in a or well excuse me they made it eighth place and they didn't make it past the first round in playoffs right so i think it's definitely really disappointing for for the roster that they had but I will say I was happy to hear, you know, Doublelift in his interview say that he wanted to come back. He didn't come back just to have one bad year and then give up. Yeah. And it does feel like the kind of competitive fire has been lit for him. And I think he had a really good split. I think if he was on a better team, he would be getting a lot more notice because I felt like individually he was actually looking quite good. And AD is one of the roles that I think is most team dependent to really shine. And the team was not playing well. No, you did not have much play around him despite having good laning phases in front to back team fights late game not great engages their like, shot calling was horrible yeah their macro was not great some of that might be him because he, he yeah. was going pretty hard on himself in the interviews where he was saying he let himself down a little bit and felt like as a veteran he should have been able to provide clear answers to the team mm-hmm. and you know i think the game changes rapidly you know despite the fact that it is still league of legends every year there's big patch changes and like what do you do and how do you jungle now and like yeah. what's the meta 
so you know, I, I don't think it's the end of the world. I think I hope he, he sounds like he's coming back. I think Hundred Thieves can keep him and build around him in the future. He's played well enough that hopefully he can uh, attract some other talent. Yeah, uh, and the org for Hundred Thieves is still one of the most popular orgs in the league. Uh, so I, I think you know it's it's a bummer year, but it's not concern in the future yeah. and, and i mean i think it, it is a good point it's a fair point that at the end of the day you he has to accept some responsibility too and obviously he was because yeah, i mean I, in their playoff series it was just like some of those games man even when they're in good positions where they they just seem to have no idea how to win they just oh, go to like baron five man bot dive too where just they just like overcommit bit, you know? yeah and that kind of stuff yeah where clearly they just didn't know what to do if the team wouldn't come to them in 5v5 and lose right and that's <laughs> like that's the only way they were going to win basically yeah um but in other news Hooray for NRG. They Enough made it to Worlds. Talk. We're done. Yeah, they made it to Worlds. I think really, really cool story. We'll obviously touch on them more, but congratulations to them making it to, to Worlds. Obviously really sad for Golden Guardians, but first time NRG as an org obviously has gone. CLG has gone to Worlds in the past. Um, but you know, so many of these guys, even the guys who have gone, it's been so long since they have been there. Contracts at 2017. Ignar was last time he was there, maybe with Misfits or something. That's FlyQuest. FlyQuest. Okay, so he's so it was been there. 2020, I think. So more recently, and then yeah. the other three had never been there. Yeah, right. Did Ignar go with EG? No, EG didn't make it when he was with EG yeah. and like contracts back then too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think it, it, it's really easy to get excited for this team, given that there also are a lot of North American. There's there's so many storylines for this team that make them easy to root for. Uh, uh, FBI has been there as well. Of course. FBI was uh, the most recent. He was there yep. last year with Hundred Thieves. He's actually yep. gone three years in a row now so a little, little head tap to fbi who gets a little slept on even by me um but i think like for the top side of the map those core had been the ones through clg back in 2022 spring they brought in dokla in summer and then they've been together now for three splits and uh they won a huge playoff series like, this is what we you and i were arguing about last time is like exactly how i good. was right it's cool i knew it was gonna no, happen no you uh, you still predicted golden guardians uh, you know you, you don't it's get fine. To, i, I just said, said it was the hardest predict. i said it wasn't gonna happen and then win. you we were arguing about it but it you cool. you said they yeah, weren't it's, gonna it's cool i'm used to being right it's fine <laughs> you don't have to give me credit it's uh, i think the fact that the three top side had all debuted in the lcs struggled at some point got booted back down to tier two and played in that for like two to three years and fought their way back. And then their resurgence into the LCS was not exactly easy. It wasn't like they came back in and just dominated again. It's like yep. they then had to fight for now four splits in a row, basically three, depending on who you're talking about, to get to this level. Uh, so they're a very easy team to root for. Palafox and Dokla had never been for contracts. Like you said, it's six years. It's yep. insane. Um, and this team actually has really great personalities. I just don't think because they hadn't, had huge wins and a lot of your popularity has to do with how, how much how you're much winning win. yeah i think like there's a video that came out it's energy reacting to their best and worst plays i don't know if you watched it i did it was really good it's really funny and the dive usually gets like 40 to 50k views on youtube this video is at like seven right now everyone should watch it i want to see this spike after the dive drops at least 100 <laughs> at least another 10 we're never playing another episode the of the dive right now we're not talking again until you watch it um <laughs> just sitting here like this we'll be waiting yeah just just to see how how funny they all are because they are just like arguing and talking shit at each other and like breaking down they have they remember every single play so clearly and they all just like groan or like oh watch me in this fight i i'd lose my mind here or something it's, mm. it's a great video and it it's well edited good. and uh yeah, it just gets to show that like this is a team that has really funny personalities, but I, I just don't think a lot of people watched the content before that showed it off. So easy team to root for going forward. Plus, I just think, to me, it was just special seeing their reaction. Yeah, And I think even for Zven, he was kind of talking about it, how 
you can kind of take it for granted a little bit because he's so used to qualifying for worlds and having this happen that it becomes just an expectation. And so I think even for him, it was kind of cool seeing how much it meant to them, right? Because Palafox has never been there. Dokla has never been there. Contracts hasn't been there in forever. You know, yeah, FBI has been there uh, more recently. But these are guys that it means so much to. And, you know, seeing them kind of just like overwhelmed with emotion and joy was really, really cool. And also, I think if they were going to do it, this wouldn't be the split that you would have predicted them to do it, right? You know, I, I don't think this was the split that people were expecting that huge pop-off from them as much. Um, I do think that, you know, like I was talking about on a serious note last, last week, this is a team that at their best could play against the best teams and take them down. Right. And they showed that during the regular season. And now they prove that during, during playoffs. So now you kind of have to give them that respect, uh, that, you know, maybe they really can get it done. Yeah. I think like just the all pro voting, how we had that graphic that showed yeah. all first and second team for golden guardians, nothing for them. And it's just like, Hmm. And, and I saw some takes, which was kind of funny, where people were like, ah, see, this proves that all pro voting is fraudulent. And I'm like, well, they also did chain lose to all the worst teams in the league in the regular there's season. That, there's the right side of that other graphic we showed where they were three and seven versus bottom teams. Exactly, right? So I th I don't... I, so I, I thought Pal Fox should have made all pro. Yeah. I think that largely the rest of them shouldn't. I think that was totally legit. And Pal Fox was, was borderline, obviously. A lot of people didn't agree with me that he should have made it. I think you voted for him too, maybe. I think I did insanity. Okay. But okay. yeah, whatever. Um, but he was, you know, he was definitely borderline. So I don't think that this disproves All Pro because people always kind of get in that mode where it's like, okay, All Pro is regular season, guys. Right? Every postseason, that MVP was fraudulent. Yeah. That All Pro vote was fraudulent. Yeah. This guy's better than that guy. River's I, really better than Contracts. And it's like, guys, River had a way better split than Contracts, but Contracts gapped the shit out of him in this series. Yeah. I also started seeing some of that talk after the EGC9 series. Yeah. People saying, Berserker should obviously win MVP. You know, JoJo better not win it. And Viber better not win it. Berserker's clearly the yeah. best player and stuff. And I'm like, okay, guys, let's take a deep breath here. But uh, should we move on to the match previews? Yeah, let's because we'll we'll break down energies yep. win and stuff as we move forward. Uh, we'll have the divies after the match previews, kind of to end the episode. First one going down into the losers bracket, maybe the most hype matchup of the weekend in some sense because it is surprising that the teams in the losers bracket, EG, TL, and GG, only one of them will make Worlds outright, and the other one will have to fight Europe. In the in, dumpster match. In, is that what we're calling it? We're calling it the dumpster match. <laughs> They're like, you come out of the alleyway. The back alley. Yeah, yeah, the back alley knife fight, and one person comes back to the club of worlds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's just crazy to see that, like, based off how the regular season ended, these are three of our top four teams now in loser's bracket, and only one of them gets a straight shot into world. So uh, EG versus TL up first. Crazy match. Yeah, I, I, it is it is really shocking that what the lower bracket is looking like for sure, especially Golden Guardians who were a tiebreaker away from being first place. Right, we'll we'll talk about that more later. But yeah, EG versus TL, uh, I think it, I think it is going to be a really interesting one. Um, TL obviously coming off of, of their their loss uh, against Energy, right? Um, that was just a really kind of crazy back and forth series. TL I think in general just has such clear weaknesses and such clear strengths. <laughs> that I think they're a fun team to watch. Their games can be very sloppy, very chaotic. I do think for EG, EG losing to C9 didn't, doesn't feel like a condemnation of them to me because I already felt like CM was clearly the best team. And also the way in which they lost those games. They had like hope in them. This was like a 3-0 series for, for, uh, for C9 that could have been 2-1 EG. At you that know what point, I mean? yeah. Yeah, it could have been 2-1 in those first two games, especially game number one. 
Game number three, I think, was the other kind of arguable one where EG was in a pretty good spot. They had a Baron, and they threw in a top jungle fight. Yeah. And then the game one, they had gotten two Barons, and they had broken the base. And they and were it was winning like every fight. And it was like an inhibitor fight randomly where C9 kind of finally cracked them. Yeah, and then just won the game off of it. So EG, I think, definitely showed some strengths. But I will say, as much for as much talk as there was, I know Revenge obviously had his Player of the Week thing. Um, and there was a lot of discussion about, you know, in his post-game interview and whatnot, and just kind of talk around, okay, can we disprove the narrative here that everyone just goes mid towards JoJo, and if you stop JoJo, you you stop EG? Well, they didn't really disprove anything, because C9 was definitely doing that. Eminem's... Yeah, clapped up JoJo in the first two games with the help of the team, but with the help of the whole squad. There with was... the help of the squad, but I think individually, I was worried that JoJo was going to have a better series than Eminem. But I only think that was true in the third game, and Eminem actually did outplay, outperform him in the first his, two. His Jace games, I don't think were great, but I will also say, was it game? Was it game one or game two? Game like... one was LeBlanc. Game two was Gragas for Eminem. Okay, I'm, I'm just trying to remember which game it was. I think it was the Gragas game. It was so it would have been uh, the Gragas game where. So, Bobber comes mid immediately, <laughs> flashes on JoJo, then Fudge comes down from top lane and, and flashes on JoJo, and MNS had flashed on JoJo, and Zven also came mid, by the way, and also flashed. Uh, he flashed kind of needlessly, it was like trying to kill Armeo, but then Armeo backstepped and whatever, but it was like, four C9 members have been mid in the first four minutes and all spent their flash, right? So, clearly, there was a lot of attention through mid. And EG wasn't really able to punish that by doing things elsewhere. The game plan is not going to change for anyone. Yeah. Everyone is going to be saying it's JoJo versus the world. And until EG can actually disprove that in a, in a meaningful way, right? You know, Revenge had a really great series the previous week. And, you know, did did have a great series. One player of the series, one player of the week. I think deserved that. But JoJo was also amazing in that series, right? Yeah. And I think JoJo arguably could have even won it as well. So I do think that... Until EG wins when JoJo actually doesn't have a good series or is like really held down and other people are dominating, no one's going to change the game plan. The game plan is going to be the exact same thing here. Send everything at JoJo, pick uh, matchups that are going to shut him down, pick jungle 2v2 that is going to make it difficult for him, and that's what TL are going to look for. Yeah, I think the narrative at the start of the split was JoJo is the only good player on this team, and he's dragging four bodies across the line. It's definitely not that now. And that's not true anymore. I think yeah. the goalposts have moved on the argument that I think Revenge took the most umbrage with, which is that, you know, it's four wars plus JoJo. Uh, yeah, definitely not that. Jo I think they proved that wrong. Unforgiving a step up. Ayla's made good plays. Obviously, Revenge is the number two playmaker on that team, I think, just in terms of carry threat yeah. uh, in the early game. But... It's still true that if JoJo doesn't play well, the team will not win. That, that's kind of where the argument has moved to me. And so yeah. if you shut JoJo down, your chances of winning skyrocket. So do that every game. Try your best to shut JoJo down because shutting Unforgiven down will not win you the game at the same time. Maybe you can, blow, you can blow any lane open technically enough to insta-win the game. Yeah. Like we've seen happen when C9 played EG in the regular season. They just <laughs> killed them level two and then level three and then level four. And it's like, okay, yeah. And any snowball like that can happen. But outside that, in terms of actual game plan, go mid. Yeah. And uh, I think trouble for TL, APA is the mid laner. Yeah. And they kind of, <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Not, not <laughs> that sounded worse than I meant it to. That sounded way worse than I meant it to. I'm sorry to APA. Really problematic here for TL. My point with it Your was. Your mid laner is APA. My, my point was. Mark Zimmerman, 2023. 
my point was going to be that AP is at his best when he's on like scaling farming lanes and it's not about shutting his opponent down. Ziggs, Cassio, these kinds of things where, you know, he can play playmakers with Nico and stuff, but even then it's more like, I want to playmake around my team. I don't want you to come to me. Um, and that's more where I was going with it. I do think, to be fair, there's also a skill gap between him and JoJo. Massive. So individually it's worrying, but even playstyle wise is where my head was at. was like, this is not a team that wants to go mid relentlessly and, yeah. and make plays around him. So uh, it's, it's a double problem, I guess you could say. Um, the other thing for Team Liquid, I thought their mid game was still really bad versus 100 Thieves. It was. Uh, I saw a lot of people saying, well, it looks so much better. I'm like, no, 100 Thieves just doesn't do anything. But even then, I don't think TL made many good proactive plays. The one that like lives in my head is like the 100 Thieves five-man dive bottom that gets turned one for zero by TL. Summit, reset late to try and cover the play. And he's never going to make it bot lane in time. Mm. And then that gives someday the free TP instead of Summit just staying top and perma pushing to punish that way through just farming, which is weird because he's usually a pretty selfish player in some sense. And this was a time he was trying to be selfless and he got punished. But then he stayed bot lane after running down there for like 45 seconds, so the top lane's totally empty, and after that horrible play, 100 Thieves just reset, go top, and take a full top turret after yep. making a horrible overcommitment of resources that got turned. And they still somehow end up with tempo, and I'm like, what the fr like, what is this? Is some of the worst, and they, they had bad lane assignments, they're running around the map really weirdly, and it's stuff like that, that like, it makes it really hard to win because you're just not in the map states to, to make the right play. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it's concerning against EG, who I don't think EG's macro is like insane or anything like that, but mm -hmm. it's just it just makes it so hard to win. Plus, their team fighting is inconsistent, so I, I'm I'm a little pessimistic still on TL. I mean, it's it's very it's a very different matchup than the one they just played, right? Because yeah. I, I felt similarly to you where. I think I was casting that series, but I, f I didn't want to be too much of a negative Nancy about it's, it. Yeah, right? on cast, it's not like, quite the right place. To... Yeah, but I I do think it's it's hard to say that when TL is playing against 100 Thieves, they fix their problems because it's a team that doesn't really pressure you at all. 100 Thieves, more than anything, is kind of like a do-nothing-and-lose team, right? We're scaling. And they're going to pick, yeah, they're basically going to pick uh, for 5v5, and they're going to hope double if carries them. It's kind of how it looked like most of the 100 Thieves games went. They never really are super proactive. They don't really push the pace. EG will fight you, and EG will you know really go at you and I think challenge you in a way that 100 Thieves won't. Um, so I do think that this level of opponent is, is much higher. I do think it's a big concern, uh, just the mid lane matchup in general, because APA has also looked very nervous in playoffs, I think, and has had really big reactions when plays are going wrong. I think he did have a better series here, for sure, than his first series, uh, where he looked really down on himself after and in between games and in the player cams and whatnot. So this is a bit of a confidence builder for them, and maybe they can really kind of improve on that. But I think if they maintain the similar level coming in, it's it's going to be tough, because JoJo is going to go at you the whole time. And he's a player that is going to force mistakes from you. He's going to make you trade. He's going to make you take these fights constantly, and you have kind of got to be perfect with it uh, to not get run over and I think that's going to be a huge challenge for APA I will say though I am kind of curious like what is EG going to do as far as the jungle situation goes because they tried Shaden in game 3 when they were down 0-2 but Armeo also played like game one was going really well on the Ivern. I thought the Ivern was a great pick in the game one he was and playing it well was, yeah, yeah and actually I thought it was a really big part of, of them being in such a good spot Shaden came in and did fine. I'm kind of like, I just feel like it's weird when you have these situations where you're doing these player swaps back and forth. I don't really feel as though it does the team much good. Yeah. It felt like once they put Shaden in, they should have just kept Shaden in at the end of the regular season. And it 
strategically, there's not huge differences. It's like, okay, you know, you have Armeo with the <laughs> Ivern, I guess, and he played it well, but I don't know how much it really changes how the entire team plays. I've heard that uh, Armeo was doing better in scrims because they were splitting time mm-hmm. before, and then I think it was fully Armeo, and then when Shading came back in, they've gone back to splitting time, and I think maybe scrims are going better with Armeo, so the team goes back to him or something. I'm, I'm not quite sure the exact timeline of things, but... It's a semi-consistent thing with Armeo where people feel like he doesn't play as well on stage as he does in scrims because this happened with TSM back when he debuted. And mm-hmm. I don't think it was good for him that they swapped him out and it's kind of happening again now. Where like I just don't, to your point, think it's it's beneficial for him to not just hand him the keys and be like, well, we, we ride or die with you. Like it's not it's not ideal, but you know I don't think swapping is helping that much. Uh, I think he had a great game one. It looked better than some of the last times we had seen him, but it doesn't feel like. He's, he's, it's not like he's the make or break reason the team wins or loses, mm-hmm. uh, it feels like. So it is a little weird. I think uh, versus Pioshik, you know, Pioshik's relatively, I think, proactive in, in the early game and will, you know, need, make things happen. I think the top lane matchup is a close and interesting one. We've seen a lot of what's going on with Renekton, who's doing what into Renekton, are we leaving Rumble up? There's, there's a lot of interesting meta, best of five things going on with top lane, whereas bot lane feels pretty, <laughs> pretty boring. Yeah. So. It's basically just Kaisa versus Bake every single game, and then people play Zaya or whatever if that's not banned. Yeah, because, Zaya, Ezreal, and yeah. pick pick whatever melee support counter matchup you want. If they pick Rel, you go Alistar. You know, some random stuff. They, they yeah. go Rakan, you go, you know, whatever. It's basically just engaged champs in, in support, and we're not really seeing any enchanters, really. I mean, there was, we've seen some Nautilus. We saw a little bit of Maokai support. We see lots of Rel. We see lots of Rakan. Um, jungle, I would say, is somewhat similar as well. I guess there were some physical damage junglers that were getting rotated in, but kind of only after bans and stuff, only after there's more bans. It seems like it's mostly just focused on Sejuani and a lot of tank junglers. Yeah, I think the the flex picks, a lot of them do stem from jungle, like Poppy is it going top or jungle. Is it now, I guess Maokai is a flex now too. Rel is a flex. And so there's yeah. some interesting stuff, and then you end up like, ooh, it's the Viego splash, and someone tried a Lilia. And so like I do think there's some interesting stuff going on there. Bot lane's like, ooh, Braum. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. so... Uh, I'm pretty checked out on bot lane meta, but I do think uh, it's good for TL in that sense. The core on engager is great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, how, how are you feeling about this series as far as predictions oh, go? I think uh, unless mid lane somehow goes much better for TL than I'm expecting, I think it's probably EG 3-1 or 3-2. I think... Uh, I don't think they're so much better than TL that it's a, that's it's an easy series, and it, it, could, it could go the other way, but... Oh, boy. I... I'm just, I think they could stomp, to be fair, for TL2. Like, Pioshik's playing well, Core's running all over the map, their early game's crazy, and maybe they just, like, you know, they just literally camp JoJo, Summit roams more than he usually does, and, you know, they they do it. Maybe yeah. they can. I, I don't think they can't, but... Yeah, I think, I, I just don't see them being able to shut down JoJo, and generally if JoJo's playing well, EG wins, right? And that's kind of just been the recipe for EG, it feels like, this whole split. So I mean, that is kind of my biggest concern, is I just think it's a big mismatch in, in mid, and while there there is... Obviously, foreseeably, some some way that they could win. You know, you're talking about like, oh, summit roaming, or maybe just they they blast through bot and they blast through top. You know, so maybe Pioshik is really active and they're able to get big leads. But TL has shown so many times that they're not consistent in the mid game that it's hard for me their to leads care don't that matter. much about their leads, right? Yeah. So that is that is kind of the problem is they just keep showing me that their leads don't mean that much, and so I I have trouble kind of buying into that and caring about their early game as much as I would with some of the other teams, I think. And I also don't think that... It doesn't feel like... 
a, their this team would full send it on playing only through APA as their sh- winning strategy on your brand new guy on a team with Summit and and Core and you know and that's and, when you bring Harry back in for the early <laughs> game play. There you go. I mean, maybe if, if things go bad, I wouldn't be shocked, right? If he if, was he was in the. He wasn't there in the practice room at the start of the series two weeks ago, but the mm-hmm. series this week, Harry was there. So maybe he's there just to help coach and like give an opinion for AP on how he should be dealing with stuff in playoffs, or maybe he's there as a potential sub. It is a back pocket card you could play. I mean, I would think that it would be the similar situation uh, with EG's jungle. Yeah. If they go down 0-2 or something, I think Harry will play. That's my, that's my guess. But I just really struggle to see them playing in a way that it's going to fully shut JoJo down. Um, I don't think that they'll full send it on mid lane in the way that Cloud9 did. Cloud9, I think, has probably more, a lot more faith in MNS than they do in, in APA. Uh, and I think if JoJo's having a good series, I don't think that top and bot can exploit those lanes in such a way that they're just going to get blown out and, and run over, right? Like Unforgiven and Ayla are solid. Revenge is solid. I don't think that this is a team that just gets absolutely creamed in the early game. I think that they're more consistent in the mid game and the late game. And I think that JoJo is going to be a big difference maker. So for me, it's like a 3-1 EG. Copium take for TL. You played NRG, World's Bound Team, 3-1. Golden Guardians played then, 3-1. Mm-hmm. You beat 100 Thieves, 3-1. EG played TSM, who went, who didn't even win a best of five, you know? And then you got 3-0'd by C9. <laughs> As purely results-based analysis, you can build a case for TL. Yep, yep. And, and that's why when TL you see my TL prediction on broadcast, <laughs> you'll, that's, that's where my logic was. That's why when you see his TL hat. <laughs> you know uh, alright Golden Guardians versus Dignitas GG coming off of the big kind of upset loss to Energy. obviously Oof. super hype for Energy, super disappointing for Golden Guardians and it would be almost I don't know almost shocking if they didn't make Worlds now I would say right like this would be kind of the summer equivalent of when FlyQuest didn't make MSI you know in spring after looking so good they were so competitive it's like they could be the ones to maybe take down Cloud9 right and I think this is the first time I've really felt like people talked about Golden Guardians as as a true contender as even like the favorite exactly and they've always been the underdog. Even when they've had good runs, they've always been the underdog. They do it through lower bracket. You know, they barely scrape by, whatever. They had a tiebreaker for first place at, yeah. at the end of the regular season. And now they're in the loser's bracket. Now they potentially, you know, won't even make Worlds, which would be a huge disappointment. But they are going up against Dignitas. I am still looking at them as, again, huge favorites in this. But how kind of dampened is your excitement or your hype around Dignitas, if at all, after the Energy Series? Around GG, you mean? Around... Excuse me, yeah. Yeah. After GG. Uh, Jet had a great take, which I love. This is the best team to send to the international fourth place match versus EU. So... Golden Guardians? Yeah. I trust them in a best of five versus EU. Do you trust like TL? No, you're a little skeeved out around like yeah, APA yeah. or like yeah. just the team's inconsistency. Energy's going to play the level, so we want them playing T1, not yeah, fourth place EU. Exactly. They're yeah. gonna, they're, they would int it. Much because better they, matchup against T1. That's a, that's a bad team from yeah. Europe, and you don't want energy uh, against them. C9, this is not going to happen, so disqualify them. So GG, yeah. GG in the fourth place match sounds really good to me. Okay. So you beat Dig, and then you lose to EG slash TL winner, and perfect. That's that's why I feel great about GG losing in the upper bracket. <laughs> if I look at my eyes, I'm very disappointed because they were really good in MSI plans. To be fair, that's what I'm saying. They slammed MSI plans, uh, and who he was saying at MSI that they were they would have clapped at you if they played them. Yeah, yeah. 
they had bad this is the first time i didn't like their draft versus their opponents i feel like usually even in losses i'm like ooh, nice ideas here golden guardians i felt like there were a number of drafts where i'm like oh man nrg has got the better of you here and then golden guardians would get ahead and then lose games it was funny when i was on stage with palafox afterwards and he's like both our series could have been three o's and it's like well both the teams that you beat had 5K gold leads. Like, TL did that too. Mm-hmm. And so I do think, one, it's true that NRG is actually really good in mid to late. They have, like, the really horrendous throws that you remember, but actually they don't often have big gold leads in the early game, and it's actually their mid-game team fighting and skirmishing and playmaking as a, as a five-man unit that gets them wins. And mm-hmm. so to be fair to NRG, they do often win games from slightly behind. This was a wacky series with a lot of close games. Um that they had to claw out of. So I still feel okay about Golden Guardians. I think this was a wake-up call. I think maybe coming in as favorites shaped how they approach things. I think maybe the drafts threw them for a loop. I think they mid-jungle played bad. Or not bad, but got outplayed consistently. And that's supposed to be their strength. Like everyone yeah. talks about, oh, Licorice gets his counter picks. He does well. 6A carries late game. That was still Licorice true. Licorice was like V9 in this series. H- him and 6A, I think, were both kind of V9. And then their mid jungle was just non existent. Mm. And Palafaker destroyed them with contracts and blah, blah, blah. So, like, I just don't think it's going to happen again this exact same way, I guess. Yeah. It, it was disappointing, but I think it's recoverable pretty easy. I, I will give credit, though, to, to Energy for some of these drafts because I. I Oh, it's coming, not com, coming out of the. I, I know you're not taking away yeah. credit, but I'm just gonna say that from my POV, I didn't come out of some of the picks and bans and be like draft gap, they lose. You know, it didn't feel that way in some of the like when the core JJ Tarek game. I remember looking at that <laughs> and being like, oh, you win. You know what I mean? There's some games where you come out and you're just like, oh, you win. When they picked Renekt in Italy, I was like, this is probably not gonna work. Come on, guys. And then it went bad early. Lickers gets a one v two kill and stuff. And you're like, okay, you're for sure not going to win now. But it paired really, really well with the Jace Kaisa. The first two games, to me, were all about FBI, actually. was about the, the two Kaisa games where he was really, really problematic for them. I think draft was such an interesting part of it, obviously, because Kaisa was so big in the first two games. They do this kind of full poke comp um, with the uh, with the Nidalee in there. But on the other side for GG, they didn't have hard engage, really, in that, in that game in particular, right? So it was like Huhi on this Maokai instead of a Nautilus or, you know, or, or a Rakan or a Rel or whatever, something like that. We had River on Viego. And in that game, that game looked so unplayable. Like Licorice was the only one getting anything done. Um, and then there became this kind of like weird wrinkle where they were banning out some of, of Licorice's picks and stuff and putting him in a position where he wasn't always getting counter picks. So there was a couple games where he was actually playing like the tank side of the matchup, even though he was kind of outplaying in the 1v1 pretty hard. Uh, I, I felt like Licorice was was really, really good in this series. He was definitely the standout. Stixie, I thought his team fighting was really impressive as well, even in, in some of their losses. Like on the AD Kaisa games, he was actually looking really good, even yeah. though I think it may, they maybe would have been better served. I think especially in the last game, if he was actually AP, I think it would have been easier for them to play out potentially because there's a lot of squishy targets and maybe could have kind of you know succeeded more just by poking them out or something. But... I do think they struggled a little bit with their drafts, but they also just made some bad calls as a team and made some mistakes as a team that they got punished pretty heavily for. Yeah, I think uh, the the poke game I actually didn't hate the level of engage they had because you have the Lissandra and you're supposed to flank and blah blah blah. It was more it's like hard to find the flanks. It's though. it's hard. I I admit, but like you have kind of Malachi saplings that help by space and Viego 
Cassante, uh, Maokai, and Lissandra can all try and go in together, and Trish just kind of like chills and backline rocket jumps four. Once you have someone ready to mm -hmm. start resetting through a fight, like I actually like the multiple resets through a fight versus a poke comp. Like it, conceptually, I actually do like it's, it's it's high execution, but so is a poke comp to be fair. Mm -hmm. And they did ace them that one time where they got yep. the flank, and then they immediately lost. And it's more like okay, well you you got snowballed on a little bit too hard, and that's credit to NRG for playing a poke comp well, which we just usually don't see in NA. It was more like the Talias in actually game three and game four, where I just didn't see what it was supposed to be doing. It's like it is a small, soft counter pick into Azir where you can like get shove on him, poke him out, and then like roam around the map. But I'm like, who are you, who are you snowballing here? Is it like Rumble yeah. into Cassante? Is it are you trying to like get on Talia or um, onto Zaya and stuff? It's I it felt just like a there was no one that you're trying to accelerate with the Talia. So I didn't really get what the game plan was with the Talia. Especially in game four, I really agree with that. I mean, even though Lickers had a really good poppy game, he was actually winning the 1v1 pretty heavily, you know, almost solo killed Dokla. And, oh, I also wanted to mention, because I talked to him after the game, I saw him in the back hallway, that weird alt that we were like, what the hell oh, happened yeah, that poppy yeah. alt? So because the previous game he played Rumble, he said Rumble is the only champion he, he uses Smartcast for. Oh. And he forgot to turn Smartcast off when he went in. So he was trying to queue and then, like, then do, like, not not the auto cast, but where you have the cast indicator for R. Yeah. So he tapped R to have the cast indicator, and yeah. then he wanted to go Q R Q and kill. And he said he would have had a soul kill, at least yeah. in his mind. But he went Q R, and then it was like smart casted or whatever. So it just auto started channeling. Yeah. And then he was like, shit. Yeah. So he threw it backwards because he would have knocked him to safety, but then, yeah. of course, he doesn't have the damage to kill him. Yeah, and the buckler auto as well almost killed him anyway. So if you just got the single target knockup, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's what happened with that. But he, he had a great game with, uh, you know, individually on that. But I agree. It was like, where, where are you really playing towards? It's like, you can you can crap on a GP, but like it almost never matters with first strike GP where you're just like, whatever, bro. You and can... Poppy can't do anything with that lead. Yeah, Poppy becomes really hard to kill, but like it's Zaya and... Azir, like you have the DPS at some point to punch through the poppy. Maybe it goes from 20 minutes to 25 if the poppy gets ahead. Yeah. But like, yeah, that was, there were just those kinds of things where I'm like, normally you have really clear game plans and I love your drafts. And this was the first time I was like, eh. Yeah. Who, who he even had so many good alts on the Amumu in that game. <laughs> and it just didn't matter at all. Yeah. It's just completely irrelevant. Poppy Jarvan is also a weird combo where I feel like Wall in, stuns. In theory, you have that, but then a lot of time you're actually just griefing each other because a lot of times what happens is Jarvan ults them and then the person is running away, so they run to the other side and then they're out of range of the wall tackle. So you're actually just blocked from wall tackling them by the Jarvan ulti unless you're like right on that side. Yeah. So like there's weird interactions where a lot of times it actually just greases the poppy. Um, and which, unless Poppy's already in a spot, like J4 EQR range is so far so that far. like Poppy's like, hold on, I'm coming. Yeah, and what are you gonna do? Flash into the Cataclysm to yeah. then stun them, right? It becomes yeah. it becomes really really awkward. So I feel like their comp didn't have a lot of synergy. I feel like they did have some weird drafts, but uh, yeah, I still have confidence. I think that this team can get it done against Dignitas. But I will say Dignitas had had a good series against CSM. I think Jensen was was definitely a standout in that one. I thought he had some really impressive games. And Dig did, I think, perform a lot better than probably most people were expecting, right? Because at least going into that, I was thinking it was going to be pretty TSM favored. Uh, last week when we were talking about it, Dignitas had a really bad end of the regular season. They were looking very, very inconsistent. I didn't really have a tremendous amount of faith in their bot lane. You know, Santorin and Jensen had kind of been up and down and stuff. But this their their series was... Definitely an improvement against TSM. Yeah, I think I had said that four out of five positions should be TSM favored. Yeah. And uh, definitely didn't look like that in the games. I think the series was still close. Tomo had a, a pretty decent series, mm -hmm. showed some flexibility, uh, popping off 
with Ziggs randomly, you're like, oh, okay. So you're not just an Aphelios player. I, I liked seeing the Zeri as well come in. It's still something that's probably out a little bit in LCK and stuff like that. It's not as popular in NA. Uh, so it was cool to see that. Jensen also playing, to your point, like Tristano, which I think he had played seven times total, maybe including the series even. I'm not quite sure, but it's... it's probably. He has barely played any ADCs, but yeah, he's, he's being more adaptable. Yeah, so like him branching out a little bit. I, I, I liked even seeing... <laughs> the Orn for rich mm-hmm. just like it, they showed more flexibility here like yeah <laughs> blanc tom didn't work did pop off with the gwen you have the Cassante as well like i just i think this team has a little bit more flexibility if they want to play standard and rich on a tank they can or if they feel like they're losing a series they can just like flip some weird shit <laughs> is it going to work or golden guardians i don't know but i did uh see a lot of good stuff out of there three lanes in, in Santorin to think like, oh, well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But I think they would have to play at their really top level to be able to get it done. I really favor Golden Guardian's bottom lane for sure. Um, but across most roles, I, honestly, like across almost like all roles. What we say last time. Yeah, it's true. It's true. A- energy, though, I, like I said, I said last week, I thought the energy series is the hardest to predict because if they play at their best, they could kind of have those moments. Ding Dust hasn't really shown us those moments. I mean, when you look at their regular season, they didn't have a lot of those kind of games. I'm actually going to go back and check <laughs> what their record was versus kind of some of the top teams because if I recall correctly, they were not beating really any top teams. No, I think they had like a good start there, four and two in, in the first two weeks, but then dropped off pretty quickly. I think the one thing I'll say, Palafox plays really aggressive. He is someone who's always looking for plays. His Azir... Even like in the as soon as he hits level six, he wants flash shuffles, and mm-hmm. he will commit his flash if your flash is down to like find shuffle angles. And he found them on Gory, and he actually beat up Gory um, quite a bit. So I just don't think Jensen even plays Azir that way. You know, like he'll find the shuffle when it's kind of free, but he won't like flash commit for it out of the blue and try and like solo kill you. Palafox even died for it. Sometimes. It's not like it's always a good play, but just like yeah. mindset wise, that's something that they don't look for. I think Santorin can in good games match river in terms mm-hmm. of like Santorin is known to do some creative paths sometimes he's not quite as crazy but he does like to impact lanes early i think uh river wasn't terrible i said like the mid jungle it was it was more mid than jungle because uh, there was the good jarvan game obviously for river the jarvan rumble game worked really well and but he, the jarvan poppy game didn't yeah and he, he was like you know flashing under terror to kill people he was he was kind of 1v9ing that that one jarvan game so i think river had like an okay series but i do think Santorin at his best can match river and then like I think, yeah. I, I'm just more concerned about mm-hmm. Jensen being able to play aggro enough to put pressure on Golden Guardians. Because if you like Golden Guardians make plays, they they do make a lot of plays. Like, one of those games had, what was it, like 37 kills in 28 minutes or something? Like, mm-hmm. the NRG Golden Guardian series was like a freaking LPL series with some of these games. Yeah. For what it's worth, so Dig was 2-6 and six against top four teams. So they had one win against EG and one win against Liquid. So we have to say Golden Guardians? No. Yeah, Golden Guardians. Uh, Golden Guardians is, def- I think, is a heavy favorite in this. Yeah, we'll see. They're coming out. We'll see how much uh, the loss affected them. But I think it's probably going to bounce back. I think it's probably going to be a three zero yes. as well. All right, perfect. Now it's time to move on to whoa, 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 Energy whoa, Cloud whoa, Nine. Whoa, whoa. You think you can just teleport in here and push us forward? <laughs> Two hours late. Uh, Shows I just, up. I skipped all the the boring stuff and just wanted to come in to talk about uh, contracts. Cloud Nine not being able to dodge Energy any longer. Oh. <laughs> they tried their hardest. <laughs> My boy, Contracts Viego. <laughs> well rested. Feeling good. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Do you guys want the full story out here? 
let's just move on. Let's, yeah. let's, 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 let's just, just move on. Executive decision. We're just moving into the series. Uh, C9 versus Energy. You know, we could start kind of with, I mean, C9 chose the other side of the bracket. I think C9 did say that it was because they were trying to dodge TL, though. So they specifically uh -huh. said that. Uh, so we'll see if that yeah, comes to bite them a bit. I remember or not. before their last regular season game versus CLG, though, walking backstage because I always go to the bathroom versus CLG between them uh, versus Energy. Uh, Jack was talking about. I was like, oh yeah, good luck. You know, you guys have been crushing, blah blah blah. And he's like, I don't know. We're playing uh, energy. They always beat us. Uh, <laughs> so it's definitely, it's definitely something that they do think about. It was, it was two zero against both those teams, yeah. so it just seems yeah, like yeah. an easy one to, to decide there. I think you do have to take because I I wasn't taking the two zero in the regular season that seriously. I think you have to be a lot more serious now about it uh, after beating Golden Guardians. Um, so C nine. 3-0 in a very unconvincing way. Multiple of their players <laughs> said afterwards, like, if we can win that series 3-0 after how poorly we played, how bad is EG? That was their perspective uh, after talking to like Sven and Fudge about that. And Blabber even said in his stage interview, he's like, we're not dropping a game in playoffs. He said, it, like, yeah, I know that was how we play like crap. I believe you when you say that after what you just did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we're not dropping, we're not dropping a game in the rest of the playoffs. Um, yeah, it definitely wasn't the most convincing 3-0. Uh, Sven was really funny on the cast, even talking about it. He was he was talking about how, especially after game one, when they when they beat EG, there was people were really focused on his reactions because he just was like, you know, and then he's holding up the question mark thing and stuff. But he said the funniest thing was he said he he leans back and he's just like, what the heck? How did we just win that game? And he said he looked over and just with the way the setup is, yeah. opposite him is is revenge. And he looks over and he's going like this. And he look, and revenge is also just going like this. And he's like, <laughs> they're both just like, he's like, how do we win this game? And revenge is like, how do we lose this game? <laughs> he said they're both just mirrored reactions to it. So this is pretty funny. Small note on the stage setup since we haven't really talked about it. I love it. I really you like you it. saw, I don't know if you saw FBI in one of the player cams after winning a team fight. He was like yelling at Hookie across oh, the stage. Oh, we finally got some. Yeah, because FBI was talking mad shit before the series about how Hookie's so confident, so like way too <laughs> hyped up on his own play and he's going to crap on him. And then like, I forget when he did it, but in one of the games he was like, yes. He's getting salty because so many people are talking about the, the Hookie effect. 103's bot lane was just carried by Huhi uh -huh. the whole time. Yeah. FBI's a fraud, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah I, saw him, I saw him tweeting out, too. I think that he's like, wow, ener energy with the worst bot lane made worlds and stuff like that. But to be fair, I feel like everyone was saying it was a better bot lane, so I didn't really get that tweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everyone was like, a slight upgrade. Yeah, yeah. Cal calm down, calm down, calm down there. Down. Take, take me <laughs> but I do like the cross-stage interaction type of stuff, so maybe don't calm down. That was good. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was really fun. I mean, this is going to be an exciting series. Again, I said last week that I think it's the, the energy series was the hardest one to predict. I do think it's, again, kind of hard to predict this one. I would not be shocked if you told me Cloud9 3-0'd. I would not be shocked if you told me that energy you know, wins this series as well. Um it just really depends on, on what energy is, is going to show up. Uh, I do think that, you know, they played really well against Golden Guardians. I also think they created, we talked about it a lot in, in the last series, they created some really big draft advantages against Golden Guardians too, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if they'll be able to do that in the same way against Cloud9. So that's kind of like my biggest question mark is can they actually create these kind of draft situations where they can create a big advantage uh, against Cloud9? Because I do feel like that was the biggest component that was surprising in their in their win against Golden Guardians. 
Yeah, I mean, we we kind of we had a long discussion on uh, energy possibilities of of upsetting Golden mm-hmm. Guardians last time around, mm-hmm. and yeah. it sounds like your your stance is very similar. Yeah, it is to to that previous stance with the the added little benefit of like, oh, now you have more confidence in uh, in the drafting at their best. They could beat anyone, and I, I truly believe that. But at their at their worst, they could get slammed. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, we have seen you lose to the worst teams in the league, uh, Immortals twice, type of thing. But I, you got to be out. You have to give them credit now. Come on. Well, Last time, you guys had this whole giant argument. Yeah, where, where he you, wasn't giving enough credit. You still refused to agree, even by the end of the show, I'm <laughs> trying to like mediate. And you're like, no. I'll stand my ground. They don't also, get this is something in playoffs, though. This, yeah, you no, wanted no, to- absolutely now. And to be fair, I look back at the regular or the regular season power rings. I had them fourth. You both had them fifth. So I've actually, <laughs> I'm actually the original energy no, fan. No, I'm you actually not going to take this stance. Okay, so after after literally at the end, you just still refuse to give after, them any credit. Yeah, well, so to relitigate that argument, they have been in the postseason three times and going or two times going into this one, and prior to this. Playoff run, they had only beaten in eighth place and uh, Golden Guardians in the losers bracket of Summer Split. Then they lost some really close series. They, they played top close teams. series versus top, yeah. top teams. But my point was they hadn't actually won a big series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and hey. now they beat a yeah. second place. Golden and that's Guardians. why I think you saw a big reaction out of them because they hadn't done this before. And so to be fair, I think the reason that it is cool and the reason I don't want to rewrite history and say oh they've been a, a great playoff team the whole time is because when they do get a big win, I want it to be properly yeah. celebrated. So yes, I poo pooed their previous accomplishments a little bit because now I get to be like let's effing go. I was so excited for them yeah. being like we talked already narratively about why this is such an easy team to root for but also like even as an analyst they're a fun team to talk about because they do prove you wrong like they got eighth place in spring last year they come into summer split and like this team's gonna suck dokla's not enough of a change to be good there's no there's no freaking way dokla coming in is just like suddenly gonna revitalize this team boom top half of the team okay this split i predict them to be top four they get fifth they actually let me down a little bit and in playoffs i'm like i'm sick of, i'm sick of believing in you guys like you don't actually do anything in playoffs you never actually do anything in playoffs you like mm-hmm. have these like surprising runs against top teams but you never actually do it when it counts and then they did it when it counts so i actually really like teams like this where like i have my strong opinions on if they're good or not but then they actually surprise you sometimes i don't like when i have strong opinions on teams (laughs) and then i'm actually always right that like yeah you do just suck or something so yeah i actually going into the cni matchup now have a lot more faith their series are fun to watch their series their series always are fun to watch they're hard to predict they play aggressively and this is when the cni one really matters is they have actually played full five-game best-of-fives against them in the last two playoffs. And Contract was saying on stage, he lives in Blabber's head rent-free. Well, I think Contracts didn't say that. I think it's... T- who else? Who, the other they both said, said it. Because Palafox said, oh, like, okay. oh, my boy Contracts is in Blabber's <laughs> head. And then Bl- Contracts said rent-free. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that, it's pretty funny. I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited for the series a lot. I will say, as far as concerns for energy, I think Dokla has, has just not been good this whole split. I think he was super outclassed by Licorice, like hardcore outclassed by Licorice in, in the previous series. Fudge, to be fair, was not as good as Licorice in the regular season, so maybe he can't do what, what Licorice was, was doing to him. Um, but that was definitely a big concern for me. You know, had had some of the games been more even across the map, you know, that's something that they could have potentially taken advantage of. Um, and C9, as much as, you know, I think, I think Contract's, is deserving of the credit for like for being you know being one of those guys that can go toe to toe with Blabber because he's like he's down to go crazy like Blabber's gonna be crazy Contracts like all right I'm crazy too bro like <laughs> yeah. I'll fight you you know so like, but except Contracts is even more 
because contracts doesn't have the the rubric of like, all right, you need to farm and then you can go crazy. <laughs> contracts <laughs> like, I don't have to farm. <laughs> I'll just start in the from, side brush. From I'm minute, not doing camps. Yeah, li- literally minute one, he's like, all right, <laughs> you know, let's start our invade now or whatever. Uh, but he is to like the point of the the Viego game. It's like you can have these giant pop off. And games, the Italy game was, games was come from really him good. as well. Yeah. Uh, but to your to the Dokal point that you're making at the beginning, the most worrying thing to me was that it wasn't a lot of things where it was like, oh, it's because he's against Licorice that this is happening. There were moments like, you know, when when they're coming to tower dive him and then he dashes and flashes early and then they're like, oh, okay, I guess now we tower dive you because nobody even had tower aggro and there was yeah. like nothing on them. And it, it's small things like that where it's like, well, that doesn't seem like it was because of your opponent you know some like unforced error type things that that would could be repeatable uh against cloud nine yeah i think th- there's all those concerns where energy just like kind of runs it themselves without it being because of the enemy i think mm-hmm. one of them might have even said that their worst enemy is themselves um oh but, yeah they've definitely said that a couple times <laughs> yeah the thing that i actually really like and i told people already to watch the video of their like comms there was a point though where they were arguing all about this dive between turrets that they went for um, the bot lane one? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. it was a top lane play. Oh. They, they they had like the funny effects they put they, on it. Is that the one contracts is like, oh, the best teams in the world are yes. going to play on the edge. We don't have to go into the towers. We just stay between the towers and we fight them here. And everyone's like, oh my God, here we go again. Well, but I actually love that mindset because you're not trying to win the easy way. You're trying to make the right play. Yeah. And I think a lot of teams in, in North America, especially the top teams, have had a history of like, well, I can just pick this like scaling thing and like win like this. And I think that can really come bite you in the ass, especially if you're trying to get better. Like the mindset that he had in that video, I actually really liked. And of course, they've all argued till they're blue in the face and get, you get sick of it a little bit. But his perspective being like, why would I go for a play that can work but not get me the biggest result? Just because it's easier, I want to go for the play that rides the line because that's what the top teams in the world do, and I want to be a top team in the world. And so, like, I'm not going to go for an easy play. And I think that's something that has allowed them to continue to improve and seemingly punch above their weight. And you see it in the gameplay because they're not afraid to fail, and you know that because they failed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they fall down, there. and then they keep doing it. And you're like, wow, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're they definitely have that mindset. Loses improve, and these guys are going zero two against immortals, exactly. so they're improving a lot. Wow, that's a- <laughs> <laughs> if you can make a dive versus solo, you can make a dive versus Ligurus. Same dive, nameplates off, same guy. Make the dive happen. I, I will say, unironically, I think I think Palfox. I mean, I voted for Palfox above MNS mid lane. I think that's that's a, uh, an area that I favor them. Um, Did you have him on your? Yeah, I all put him third team. Oh, all nice, pro. me too. Yeah, yeah I, I put him third third team all pro, and I think that Palfox was also has also been really good in playoffs, right? Yeah. So I think, unironically, mid lane is favored towards energy. I start to struggle to really say like I think that this is a team that you know at their best can can really you know play play at the the top level, but I, I start mm-hmm. to struggle to think who else on energy if i'm looking at like a one-for-one type type thing do mm-hmm. i really favor over their opponent um because i mean blabber is is borderline mvp i, I can't really give you that i think doko has been underperforming can't really give you that i think berserker kind of just does what what uh what fbi does better um so i can't really give you that but they can create really cool situations and play aggressive in a way that you know can get them games and i also think they really deserve a lot of credit for their drafts in the previous series which was the other x factor if they can recreate situations like that i mean some of those things you, you can say it's some column a some column b like you could say oh well golden Guardians just drafted bad c9 wouldn't do that way but 
I mean, energy created some drafts against a, a really top team that mm-hmm. made it look super hopeless for the for their opponents. Yeah, I especially think on your FBI point because that that's obviously going to be the most scary one for for anybody on that had energy amazing side. Kaisa games though. That was going to be my point is mm-hmm. that he looks just so much better on the Kaisa side of the Zaya Kaisa that that might be. It seemed like they were super flexible in drafting something, but that might be some restriction that you can identify because berserker has no restrictions mm-hmm. berserker like slamming the zary slamming the ash slam, like all these different types of ad carries and you still have confidence for cloud nine to you know play that type of comp out as well as him to just individually be able to fill so what, that i mean whatever the, role. one little add-on i would give is i think his kaisa was really good but also his ezreal in the yeah, previous series yeah that's exactly where i was about to go it's like fbi broke the ezreal out i think first of anyone in, in postseason mm-hmm. and then berserker played it like a jungle Ezreal, <laughs> you know, where he's like solo killing I'm bot, ganking top. ganking top, shooting it all down bot lane. And because he had to, and then he won the game single-handedly yeah, for them. So his I team was know, inting. Is, is that a criticism? Like, no, no, no. I'm saying like okay. Berserker is nuts. Yeah. And so like okay, okay, okay. his uh, team was inting him. Mib had played well the first two games. I think Eminem would have got played of the series. It's not for game three where he kind of got just like gapped a little bit and then Ezreal still wins the game and I think EG had some bad fights and target yeah so it's like clearly Man. Berserker's the focus he's the one popping off and they just like never really got on top of him I forgot who was chasing down but the one who was he was chasing down and he had his like mystic shot is like right next to the minion yeah, that was the oh, solo that was versus kill. Kaisa the solo yeah. kill yeah and, and Kaisa was like trying to kite into the minions and it was just like Pixel perfect, yeah. boom, you're dead. I, I liked how he turned around to get the CS. Yeah, just like, oh, this guy's an 80 carry. This guy, this guy clicks heads. Um, <laughs> this guy farms. I like money. Yeah. <laughs> this guy farms. <laughs> I like money, exactly. Uh, I will say the like top to bottom t- roll to roll thing, I think is a trap a little bit. But who cares? It didn't work against Golden Guardians either. Yeah, exactly. I think energy is a team that's like greater than the sum of their parts in that sense. I think yeah. Dokla has lost lanes often, but then like his GP in the regular season got slammed in lane, but then he actually was doing 6k damage in team fights with like barrel combos and alts and stuff like that. And I think mm. this is a team that knows how to break people out of bad situations or like has enough good mental that like, oh, I'm inting. Well, I'll get a good fight later. <laughs> you know, so I'm a little less worried about Berserker versus FBI heads up and more about Okay, what's Ignar gonna do? Combo with contracts to do weird shit mid to like exploit Eminez or like camp berserk. I don't know what they're gonna do. Uh, their drafts are very weird. Sometimes they int their draft, but like sometimes they have these like giga win drafts too. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of worried about the bottom lane. I'm m- mostly worried about top lane and and what kind of stuff they can can do around Okla. But my biggest worry is. And and I was the only one to predict them to to get the upset against Golden Guardians. What do you mean? But I because did. no, he did not. You just check the graphic. <laughs> check the tapes. Dive is the dive are the predictions that that matter. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny that no one gives you any credit for actually predicting them on the dive, like in the post match chat. Everyone's like tweeting at me and like the graphic and all that stuff, and it's just like I didn't predict them to win. I'm trolling. Because Mark is always doing the prediction that he thinks is wrong. So every time that he gets it right, the teams also are always tweeting at you. They're like, "Oh my God, Mark believes in us." Uh, no like, one, dude. He, Fudge called me a rat after I predicted them to lose. As I was leaving the studio, and I was like, "Do you not know that I'm? It's the opposite." And he's like, "Oh." And he's, he thinks Eminence hates me. Not like actually hates <laughs> yeah, me, but yeah. you know, thinks I have beef with C9 or something. And I was like, don't tell Eminence. But yeah, I'm trolling. So now Fudge knows, but a lot of the guys, yeah, no idea. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, the, the only thing now is that because this is 
like these are still the CLG players and the energy like co-opted the name of the non-rational gamers uh, keeping that same counter logic you know theme alive now that they've done a big upset and they've taken down Golden Guardians now I'm even more worried. It doesn't give me more confidence. Now yeah. you're like three OC nine because there's yeah. because there's so very so sixty much, minute series. <laughs> there's so much variance in their play now. I'm like, okay, well, we got the high end of the variance. Well, uh, uh, are we due for some We're some at the big, top of the roller coaster? Some big f ups. Yeah. Here's the pitch: truly random events will have runs. You know, you that's go. the thing that humans think pattern means just good must be bad next, but truly random would actually be to beat Cloud9 yeah. yeah. and yeah. go into finals in the winner side. I will say, unironically, I think there's something to having a bit of a come down series after a crazy emotional high of qualifying for Worlds. And, you know, you you do wonder if, yeah. there, if it hits that little bit of that sense of, we did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like we did it, and you know we're we're like we accomplished we accomplished it. You know, it's like this is the highest high for probably some of the players that they've ever had yeah. as far as career wise. Their brains are flooded with dopamine. Now they're gonna crash. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's you know you do there can be something to that where you can have this amazing series, you accomplish something huge, and then for Cloud Nine, like they don't really care that they're in upper bracket finals. They're just looking to win the, win the whole tournament, right? Um, so it's kind of just another series, I think. You know, it's, it's a different mindset. They probably got no high at all from beating EG like they did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they were like, "Whoa, okay, I guess we did that." Zven was even saying on the cast that it was it was cool seeing the reaction from the energy players. You know, when I was talking yeah. to him, but because for him, it's become such an expectation to go to Worlds like, that they still have life. In <laughs> yeah. <them. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at the passion. Yeah, yeah. I'm just dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone international too many times, um, but. You know, I, I think it should be a really fun series. At the end of the day, I, I have to predict C9, I think, still, because I, I do think that they're the more solid team. Um, but I do think that Energy has a legitimate chance to win. Um, you know, like my, my head still says C9, but I think that if Energy could create drafts, like draft advantages in the same way that they did against Golden Guardians, I would not be shocked to see them win. I go 3-2 C9. I think yeah. it's the third time in a row. They've, they've met in best of fives in playoffs. Always a 3-2, always C9. Mm. So they're due for the loss, actually. <laughs> Cloud9 finally will crumble in a best of five to energy. I have to, I have to keep going with the boys. I have, to, I honestly, after that, twelve kill Viego game, you've got my vote, buddy. Three one, three two. It's three two for sure. Three two for sure. Yeah. They'll finally, they'll finally win the best of five. Uh, all right, I think that's going to do it for the playoffs. regular playoffs mm -hmm. portion of the episode. Now we're going to transition to the divies. The divies. What is this? The third split you will dive third split what, what happened here? Is they just chugged his yeah, already? Yeah, yeah. top me right. off. Don't look at the brand. We're not sponsored. You're going to pour this over a laptop? Heads yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kobe's go. laptop. Doesn't yeah, it's fine. <laughs> All right, we did it. No, Cheers. no problem. Cheers, Cheers, everyone, for another excellent season of the dive. Incredible. Technically, we have one more episode left, but we'll go ahead and kick things off. Yep, and this, uh, this. Divies, we've uh, made some upgrades. You may have noticed our beautiful mm -hmm. set with mm -hmm. our red tablecloth and our dangly stuff. We also got some pros involved. So we have pros now announcing the categories for us, which is going to be wonderful. And we're just going to kick it off here for the first ever divey of this divies. <laughs> I thought you, you loved the splitual thing. Yeah, it's, it's the third splitual divies. Okay. Yeah, third splitual divies. Hello, I'm Revenge, and I'm happy to be invited to the Divies, my favorite league podcast award show. This Divey goes to the most underrated player of the split. And it's going to go to... Tactical! My boy, Tactical! 
I definitely did not brute force everyone to agree with this one. We, I definitely didn't yell at them and tell them it had to be tactical. Uh, I actually think you did have a, a really good split. I think uh, tactical with good mental. Was it Doublelift who made that tier list? You said that he can be one of the best players in the region easily. And I think he had pretty good mental this, this time around. It felt like he went through the gulag, I guess, with uh, TSM and whatnot last mm -hmm. year and... Went through some lows and immortals last year and our last split. I think this time he was just vibing. Yeah, he did, and that's why he's low rated, right? That's why he's would be underrated. Yeah, you know, you're looking for players that are on these bottom teams, and then tactical was one of the one of the bright spots. There were a lot of games where even games where they didn't win, where you're like, oh, maybe they could scrape to scrape that together while he's pulling off, you know, some big Aphelios games or something like that. We but. we created a stat called players of the game per game. <laughs> so <laughs> how many times do you get a player like does your team win to get a player of the game oh, it and should then, be players of the game per win then right well yeah i guess it's players of the game per win is okay, what it is yeah um and so he was actually the number one player he had 0. 0.65 mm. they they won i think so basically when they do games. win he carries them yeah exactly so mm. so there you go he's uh underrated yeah i also think some some other players that deserve some mention i, I think chime uh, was actually really good for tsm and not a lot of people were really talking about him yeah uh, there i was, was gonna say boogie so Boogie, Boogie was also really good. Yeah, I think TSM had a couple guys in there that had had really good splits, and it's it's kind of funny. I don't know. Do you think Doublelift it was underrated in this split, or do you think he was appropriately rated? It's always hard to say underrated for someone that famous because he has so many fans that are just always going to you know have full faith in him. Yep. But. And actually, yeah, I think it's just really hard because everybody looks at that team. Appropriately rated. Yeah, everyone looks at that team and they're like, yeah, you know, he's the he's the one doing the most work. So I think I think it is. Yeah. People gave him a lot of respect still this year. People were like, wow, he came back and he actually showed he can still compete. That's why so many people, at least myself, I was really happy to hear that he's not going to re-retire. I was actually pretty scared of that because I thought it was so cool he could come back. 30-year-old gamer <laughs> doing it up there for... He's got to get on the same team as Solo. Doing get it, up the Gamer yeah. Dads team. <laughs> oh, doing it up there for the <laughs> for the grandpas. And yeah, he, he can com compete uh, in the LCS for sure here. It, it seems so clear. Just needs some extra help on, on the rest of the team. I think that team definitely gets... You know, They're like, make changes. Like reorganized, but... Um, but he definitely proved that he can do it. And he still has the drive as well. And I think it's just better for the league if someone like that with so much history is competing for our newer players to play against instead of like shit talking them on co-streams where there's no like back and forth interaction <laughs> it's way <laughs> it's way better if he's in there mm -hmm. and then you know you get a chance to actually yeah do something back yep uh it's always weird to do most underrated since i live in like a bubble of talking with people who are all watching the games and they're intelligent yep. it's like well everyone agrees and Tactical was actually pretty good this split, but I think community-wise, what All we're looking intelligent? for. All intelligent? Wow. I struggled to say that, but ultimately, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Moving on. Now it's time for the divey for best game of the split. Which goes to... Hullbreaker Yone by Licorice in Golden Guardians versus Fly in week one. Now, this one might seem a little... This was my fave. This was Azale's fave in particular. I think this was a very fun game, had interesting picks. And this was before people knew FlyQuest was terrible. Yep. So we just thought this was a good game. Yeah. In hindsight, might not have aged as well. It's like that old film that you show and you're like, no, 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 no. there's good things in here. It doesn't quite hold up. Yeah, they're but, saying things that maybe aren't appropriate anymore. Yeah, but know. in the moment... 
we were like, wow, number two versus number three, going at it again with Hallbreaker Yone. And I just, I just think for me, a lot of my favorite games are when people are just doing kind of little bit of meta breaking picks. Yeah. And I, so I really enjoyed this that it was Yone and top. You just is... love perma split pushing. So True, it... I love that too. <laughs> and and we never get it in pro, so it was really cool that he did this this build that I thought really made sense. It was against a Gragas, if I recall correctly. Yeah, he and he was doing Hallbreaker Yone. So uh, against these like AP tanks. They just don't have the damage to actually kill up the juiced up cannons. It becomes so hard to stop the split push. He even went uh, Iceborne Gauntlet. He was doing this whole kind of build. It was, it was like it was... tanky. Yeah. And so he yeah. said in the interview afterwards, who told him to do it? Because someone... Do you remember? Uh, I, he's, remember. I, I remember vaguely what you're talking about. Where he, he was like, oh, I didn't scrim it. Someone just yeah, told me. Someone just told me it was good. I forget who it was. Yeah, he was Dang like, it. oh, yeah, they can't clear the wave, so I built it. Yeah. yeah he gave he gave credit to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that was that was just a really fun game because it was different. And, I mean, for the same reason, I also really enjoyed Rich Alawi, Rich Quinn, you know, the people who were big, I, busting out. I enjoyed out. the Alawi. Some of these different The first picks. time around. <laughs> the, the second, second one was pretty one. fun, too. <laughs> you guys just got to swim. It's, like, it's also, like that sequel that didn't need to get made, but got yeah, made. Yeah. I also enjoyed it, but... Uh, it's like Game of Thrones, you know, the later seasons. <laughs> I don't need those. Ran out of original material. Just watch the, just watch yeah. the early stuff. Watch the early Alawi game. Yeah, I mean, the, fir the first Alawi one was, was like my runner-up uh, submission for it, but that's because of all the backloaded dive Alawi love history. Yeah, and it finally he finally pulled. He finally it out. got it. Yeah, and I was like, man, just take the dub. And then he had to go. I had to go and, and show like why sometimes you don't zero pick it. seven in like the first like eight ten solo kill like three times by Xante under tower <laughs> at least twice. Yeah, oh, that was a good one. Next is the divey for best out of game performance. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> it was a late steal. It felt like Sven was a shoo-in for the two-time repeat, mm -hmm. but a fight video of surprising quality acting out of Licorice. <laughs> Licorice was really funny with in the good video. jokes. You know that I think stole it out from under Sven's nose in the last possible second. He also was funny in the Golden Guardians pieces that they made. He's done good interviews in general. Yeah. The Anero head rub one was he was really funny in that. Yeah. His his acting in the heist video. He was really funny, actually. He yeah, really he's funny, he's you know? got a very good kind of like low key deadpan uh, humor that he can bring to to every part, and he did not have have to like redo takes on anything either. So his, he's very efficient to work with. The too. fudge took my job. The like my 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 money's on the guards. Like yeah. all those little <laughs> clips that came in were. Oh, I was it, good. Him just flipping Kobe the birds in the in the <laughs> shark outfit at yeah. the end. Like his his face, he just actually just looks so done. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. If you guys haven't seen it, it's it's a really cool video too. They did some really cool fight yeah. scenes with Kobe, and they had fudge in there. They had Busio in there. They had Licorice in there. Um, so definitely check out the the promo for yeah. the season finals, which is. Very quickly coming up, yeah. uh, going to be. It's in called two the weekends. Prudential Job. There go you go. Check that out on YouTube. Give yeah. us some more views so we can do another one. Kobe wants to fight more people. It was. Mm -hmm. They're so like it's hard to do it, and I get injured most of the time. But it is really fun to do. So yeah, definitely want to do them again. But All yeah, right. our finals coming up too. Yeah, only two weeks. Pretty crazy. The next Ivy is the Elo Hell Award. Oh boy, and this one is going to go to someone. Who was definitely stuck in Elo Hell? There were a lot. This one, like we had, I felt like we had a lot of, uh, you know, options here. It, it's kind of also with like underrated awards. They, they, it's a Venn diagram. Some mm -hmm. of them are in both. <laughs> but uh, the winner for this one, Impact. 
Definitely, uh, I think the differentiation between underrated and ELO Hell Award is that Impact's the greatest North American top laner of all time. He played fine. Like, he just wasn't talked about either way. Whereas Tactical, you know, people have flamed him more in the past. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a fall I, from grace. Every, everyone agreed well, that Impact did well, I, and his team really sucked. Yeah. It, yeah, I think, the, I think the difference is that he's... People still rate him as really good, right? So he's not he's not underrated because people yeah. are still like, yeah, impact is really good, and he's still playing really well too on stage. And then he's on FlyQuest, which was revealed. I love, by the way, how how the fraud talk and how many teams were throwing around fraud allocations. And uh, everyone's a fraud. FlyQuest, what Fly, FlyQuest is a fraud, and then they also threw out more fraud. Al- uh, uh, that was actually pretty funny. Takes one to know one. I think it, the, <laughs> the thing that speaks to it the most as well is when they Travis did his like a uh, you know fifteen dollars square thing and yep. Impact was one dollar and everyone's like Impact's one dollar. I'm grabbing him. Mm-hmm. Every single pro was basically like yep. snatching him up right away. So uh, yep, tough split for Impact, but I think he'll be fine. He'll bounce back. Who knows what happens he, to that he's roster? Someone but. that that like a lot of times you'll talk about. Ah, you're on a bad team that could really affect your career. That could really affect your reputation. This had no effect on how people look at Impact. Impact, think you know, I think is going to be absolutely fine. He could easily end on another top team next split, so he's not going anywhere. Yeah, congratulations, Impact. Uh, <laughs> another award. Another <laughs> award for him. Not the one he wanted. Probably would have preferred a title. Got this instead. Sorry, buddy. Now it's time for the best play of the split. Mm. Kobe, you want to announce this one? I love this one because I casted both games. Uh, that were in the same week, I believe, that were like back-to-back. Stixay has these Ophelios. The first one, he wins the entire game by destroying the the enemy team at this Elder Dragon fight and 2v1ing the enemy backline and even his own teammates afterwards because they end the game right after that. I think it was like licorice and he's like, I don't know what happened. We were in the dragon pit and I looked up and Sticks I killed everyone and then we just won the game. And all I see was pretty much like the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. And I was casting it live and he's just flashing into the back line on them with Aphelios. And then he does it another game right after that where the enemy team's trying to dive him and he 2v1s, 2v1s the divers, like sidestepping the Everfrost and uh, completely outplaying. So we went with the first one, which was my favorite, which was the Elder Dragon fight. Um, but man, yeah, he he had some really, really big game-winning uh, plays. He's been insane in late-game team fights all split long. And yeah, even in the Kaisa. series that they just lost, that Kaiso was like doing his damnedest to blow up it was contracts. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, he was looking really, really good. Uh, this next one. This divey is the Insanity Award, and I'll let Mark explain. For people don't know, uh, there was a basketball player, Jeremy Lin, who subbed in. He didn't have that much acclaim. He was kind of like a D-League player, sometimes subbed in, but wasn't great. But for some reason, he uh, there's like an injury, and he had to play for the New York Knicks. And he subs in and just becomes the best player in the world out of nowhere for seven games or whatever it is. And he is scoring 30 points a game. He's hitting game winners. He's like buzzer beaters. You know, it's in New York. So, of course, very large audience. And everyone's popping off like, this guy's actually incredible. He's the best player in the world. He's going to win MVP. And then he kind of came back down to earth. And he's a, <laughs> he's a good player. Uh, and so the winner of the Lin Sanity Award is Insanity. <laughs> As you would expect, he subbed in for Ruby carries this team they're looking really good yeah. and then they kind of come back down to earth they get six places in the regular season and then they get <laughs> seventh eighth in the playoffs but but he is good he is good he is good, yeah, he I, is good. Yeah. and and for those for a couple weeks there 
There was some talk about could it be an MVP conversation? And I think people were. It was. He was like borderline of like, hey man, if they keep playing like this, they beat top teams too. I think they were four and two or something. And it's like you got subbed out. They lost three, and it's like if he comes back in and goes four and two again, you know, you're like, what are you gonna say? You have to consider it. He certainly was fit the rubric of most valuable player to that team. Yeah. Uh, and especially because you have the experiment where they take him out and then everyone's like, well, they look like dog doo-doo when they didn't have him. And uh, he he had so many really big games for them. Of course, like you say, it kind of petered off towards the end. Also had a couple of rough games, but um, absolutely amazing year for Insanity overall. Mm-hmm. And yep. head tap to APA. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he kind of did it too, but just less... Yeah, it was actually the, condensed timeline because he, 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 he had came. one week, right? He had like three a weekend or something like that. Yeah. yeah, I think they went like five and two with him or something. Or I can't remember, but they, they, they won a lot of games. The first week was super good. The second week was also pretty good. And then, yeah. So, yeah the, the first weekend I think he came in was undefeated that first that first week. He's 2-0. And and so yeah, much hype yeah he also him. didn't die. So there was a big thing about his KDA. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did with interesting picks too, so he was he was easy to cheer for. But yeah, yeah. It was definitely exciting, and both NA talent, you know, both uh, you know, academy guys who who came up. It was definitely cool to see that. Now we're giving away the best cast of the Split Award, <laughs> and the winner is <laughs> who is it, Mark? It's us. Oh, the Dive Cast. It. What? Oh my God, we we finally won my a Dive. Yes, thanks, guys. Who wants to give cheers, the acceptance cheers. speech, Kobe? You want, to, you want to give the acceptance <laughs> no, speech? No, no, no. You got it, Mark. Uh, no, I just shouldn't give it because uh, I actually voted not for this one. I <laughs> voted for the Immortals cast against Dignitas with me, Flowers, <laughs> and Azale, <laughs> where we trolled with tactical. You leaving a boy, Kobe? I left him at his <laughs> Well, the producers selfishly, selfishly, I voted for the that producers one. put the dive cast on a playoffs match, and they didn't put that cast on a playoffs True. match. So True. The producers. I've been outvoted. I can live with the results <laughs> of winning this one as opposed to winning that other one. Yeah, the dive cast. We haven't even talked about that. That's coming uh, coming up this week. We're actually going to do a whole yeah. playoff series. We get a whole series. Yeah, potentially really? five I games. I did not look at the assignments. Now really? you know. There, <laughs> there you go. I saw a look in your eye where you're like, huh? Mark's <laughs> just as shocked as the audience. What well, a reveal! <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite part of our cast so far, because we've had a couple of them. They've all been the best cast yeah, of the year. All of them mm-hmm. equally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, in sequential order. Uh, mm-hmm. Was when one time, because I, I always in TriCast, I like point at the next people to talk uh, and direct a lot. And one of the times I'm like pointing at Azale, and, and Azale is like, what the fuck are you pointing at me? <laughs> There's action going on. I'm not, wait, I am the play by play. Yeah, yeah. It took me about a second to start the play by play. It was like, it was some bot lane fight. And I, so the play by play always stands furthest left. Yeah. I don't know why it's like that, but that's just how it is. You know, tradition, yeah. It's, yeah, tradition, I guess. And everyone in every league does this. So the play by play stands on the left. So I'm sitting on the left. Kobe points over. And I, so I'm like, there's a fight. I go like this. And then I'm like, oh, time <laughs> there's no one play. left of me. There's no one left of me. I guess it's me. Time, my time to talk. Yeah. So uh, so I jumped into the play by play. But that was fun. I actually, I've had so much fun, honestly, doing the play by play. I actually love that angle of like, everybody's looking to their left. <laughs> oh, shit, the last one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how flowers knows as well it's, yeah. it's a standard thing you look to your left if there's no one there you gotta talk <laughs> fast talk. yeah yeah uh that, that was a lot of fun i'm i'm really excited to do the the dive track ass for uh for a playoff series that should yeah. be a banger time for the sorry you didn't get an award award oh it's my just... god who could it be you just have to go back and look at who also last time got a sorry you didn't get an award because of a 
This is part two, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's going to go to... <laughs> the streak continues. Energy! The boys! Okay, it's worth noting, it's not a streak because it's a new award. Yeah. Last time was a Sorry You Didn't, didn't Get, get an, an Award Award. award. Now it's a Sorry You Didn't Get Award Again Award. Yeah. It's a totally different category. First, okay. first time. First time. Yeah. My debut mistake. of the... Yeah. My yeah. mistake. Yeah. No all pros, no coaching staff for the split. And it's but hard to say, worlds. what is the bigger moment for them from this week? Winning this divey. Mm -hmm. Or I going mean, to Worlds. We had cameras on them after they won the Worlds qualifying match, but we didn't. We don't have cameras on them right now. Yeah, true. So who's to say? They're not even When they listen happy. to this, they will be crying even more tears yeah, of joy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, going to be crazy. They also enhance each other. This award looks a lot funnier after attending Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> no all pros, no coaching staff this split. They're really not that good, but they are going to Worlds. Yeah, for sure. They're going to Worlds. Might win the split. I voted for yeah. two of them. For going to New pros. Jersey, going to be playing in a stadium, but really, and there's nothing to really pay attention <laughs> yeah. to over there. But again, we save their split, they get an award. <laughs> yeah. All right. So congratulations, Energy. That's a big one. Next is the Money Used Super Carelessly Award, or the Musk Award for short. So this one goes to the team that spent the most money to make something worse. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, Flyquest! <laughs> So just like, uh, you know, the, the name of the award, Elon's ruining Twitter one day at a time, <laughs> and FlyQuest... Papa Smithy? Yeah, managed to, uh, <laughs> to really crack open the wall of this split. And this one is crazy, because you looked at this FlyQuest roster at the beginning of the mm -hmm. year, and you're like, yeah, cool, looks good. And they got Vulcan, great, upgrade, and yep. coming into summer. They got Ovly, they got LS, they're getting... All kinds of influencers, you know, and they were and making it rain. Yeah. Renamed it to Fly X. Ninth place. Flack, flex, flex. Flex. X-Quest. X oh, X-Quest. <laughs> it's kind of like SpaceX at that point. X-Quest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. Finally, the most prestigious award, the Pro Most Deserving of an Award Award. This is voted on by the pros themselves. Nope. We don't give them any context. They have no idea what they're actually voting on because they're not sure what the award is. Um, and this time... What do you mean? We tell them the title of the award. The we, person who deserves an award yeah. the most. If this was a tooltip that you hovered over for more information, we don't give it, though. Yeah. You yeah. get the title <laughs> and no there's, clarification there's, there's there. no tooltip. There. Empty, <laughs> what more do you need? Yeah, empty Wikipedia page. I get it. Um, so here we go. The winner with over almost 50% of the vote, which is a, a pretty big portion. Yeah. This time around, Jensen wins the pro most deserving of an award award. Yeah, very impressive stuff. Uh, we had people voting from a number of different teams. Mm -hmm. Actually, no one for Dignitas besides Jensen voted on this award. So it wasn't like his teammates were all voting for him. Mm -hmm. But Jensen got the most votes and does win. Uh, I think, you know, still getting that respect from uh, from some of the other pros. Feel like he deserves some recognition for some of Are his Are we plays. sure that's why I got it? No, not at all. <laughs> but we can kind of just like insert our opinions in. And because they don't even really know why they voted for him either. Maybe in their minds, it's like guy who fell off the cliff the hardest. You know, maybe, then, maybe it's <laughs> like know, oh, word for worst player. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's like oh, I feel so bad for him. You know, here you go, here's, here's an award. You <laughs> really deserve award. this. Maybe yeah. I should try and cheer him up. Maybe it's not a good thing. You don't know that. Over True. There, over there are, like the, what are they? The, the Razzies or whatever. The, like, <laughs> yeah, the, the worst movie awards <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah, voted him for worst worst laner. So yeah. you know, who knows what this award is? It or could. it's really the real MVP of the league. It could be hard to say. We're, we're not sure. Hard, hard to say. Really Let hard. us know in the comments what you think this award is. But Jensen won it. You got it. Either way. Also, tell us who your vote would be yeah. if you were a, a pro player. So congratulations, or we're sorry, to everyone who won the Divey this year. 
We're really happy. This is the third Splitchable Divies. If you, have show, boys. if you have suggestions uh, for for what we should do for the next one, you know, for next year, definitely hit us up. Let us know. I'm glad some of the, the pros got involved as well. So shout out to all the pros who showed up. Clearly passionate about the awards themselves. Mm-hmm. Great admirers of ours. Love the show. They watch it every week. They've never missed an episode. So big shout out to them. Surely. And that'll wrap it up for us for now. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button on YouTube so you don't miss an episode of The Dive. Kobe, you should do that so you know when to show up for The Dive yeah. when that comes <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, when you were like, oh, they, they, they really cared about The Divies. They showed up. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I showed up technically in time for The You were here for The Divies. He doesn't the care about The Dive, but he cares about, about The Divies. divies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he will not miss The Divies no matter what. <laughs> exactly. hey, you know, even if there's no alarm clock set, his body's just like, it's Divies like, time. <laughs> I gotta go now. <laughs> it's like the meme, you know, it's like the dive I yeah, sleep yeah. divies <laughs> wide awake real shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright you can also check us out on Spotify Apple Podcasts and FM. make sure to send us questions on Twitter hashtag the dive lol I can't tell you how many dive questions I get that don't use the hashtag and then we don't find yeah, them when we're looking yeah. for questions later because it's hard more. to look back LCS summer playoffs uh, doesn't kick off this Thursday but it continues uh, this Thursday August the 10th with EG facing Team Liquid at 2pm PT 5pm EST tune in that series is going to be a lot of fun